6.42, we'll open up the lines with anything that is on your mind. We always have uh, great conversations every morning with you. So wherever you are in the country, don't be shy to get in touch with us. Phone line traffic is coming up just after the news at 7. So what's making news? According to the World Health Organization's Mental Health Report for 2022, one in eight people in the world live with a mental health disorder, with the most common being anxiety disorders and depressive disorders as well. Now, countries dedicate less than 2% of their healthcare budgets to mental health. And it puts a lot of strain, and that's why you have half of the world's population living in countries where there's just one psychiatrist serving 200,000 people or more. So what is the status in South Africa? And how accessible is mental health care in Mzansi? And what impact is it having on people? We are now joined by Dr. Kahiso Maaruchanye, board member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. Good morning, Doc, and thank you for your time. Uh, good morning, sir, and thank you for having me. How accessible is mental health care in South Africa? If I pick up the phone now, Dr. Maaruchanye, and I, and I look for somebody to help me, will I be able to make an appointment today? <laughs> Uh, no, not today. Not today, for sure. Um, what what we've heard on the ground is that some people have to wait months um, before they are seen by a, a private psychiatrist. And the same applies in the public health sector. Um, when you go to the local clinics where that's where we should be starting, you can take up to a month to be seen by a medical officer or a psychiatrist because of the, the, the sheer volume of patients that we're seeing. Hmm. So, yes, it's going to take months, yeah. Hmm. Doc, it's, it's Lindy here. I mean, what happens then in the interim? We've heard about people waiting up to six months to be able to get mental health care, people who are not able to renew their medication because of this waiting period, but surely something should be able to happen in the interim? Yeah, I think this is what we're always trying to emphasize, that the mental illness is not only managed by psychiatrists, but it's by a whole team of, uh, of allied professionals, including psychologists, social workers, registered counselors and OT. So we suggest that uh, people can also access these uh, these therapists. Yes, of course, their numbers are not that high as well, but they can access these uh, these professionals who can be found both privately and uh, publicly uh, to get some sort of uh, intervention at that level. And then if the psychologist or the OT feels that they need to be seen by a psychiatrist, they can try to maybe contact the psychiatrist, say that this is an urgent case, they need to be seen sooner. So though the waiting list are long, if you have the right um, risk factors, mm. including suicidality mm, mm. or or aggression, you may end up wanting, you may can be seen on an emergency basis. Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it, Doctor, that at the end of the day, you know, someone could easily decide to make certain decisions mm. and the worst could happen. So how do we then go about correcting this? I mean, is there a way to ease the, the pressure on uh, the healthcare professionals? Is there a way to make sure that if I need help, um, as somebody living in South Africa, that I can get one. Yeah. So another another source of resource is the GPs, general practitioners. A lot of our patients also go to general practitioners, mm. and they've been trained in medical school to be able to treat uh, common mental uh, disorders that you mentioned earlier, anxiety and depression. So they should be a person should be able to go to a GP and say that you know I am distressed. Can you give me medication? But the first thing is that uh, individuals must also be able to admit that they're actually not well. Mm. Uh, because some people may appear not well, but they themselves don't like to admit to it. And then it's difficult for them to get help in that case. There's also a cost involved, Doc, um, to seeing a, a mental health professional. Yeah. Take us through that uh, and, and the difference between the public sector and the private sector as well. 
Yes. So with the public sector, there's, there's no cost. Um, but the cost can be that if the local clinic that you need to go to is far away, mm. then there can be a problem. If you have to take two taxes to go to see a medical officer to help you with your anxiety depression, sure. that is a cost. And some people may not even want to go. And in terms of the private practice, you know, we go to GP, the cost can be anything from maybe 350 to 500 to see a GP. So there's also a cost there. And then the medication itself, oh. uh, when you afterwards, after written a script and you go to the pharmacy, mm. you perhaps have to pay something there as well. Yeah. Uh, in private practice, you need to have a medical aid. Um, otherwise, it's difficult to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Mm. Doc, this is Owen speaking. A very small portion of healthcare budgets across the globe, I mean, not only here in South Africa, across the globe goes towards mental health care. But tell us a bit more about how not, if you don't deal with mental health care, can actually lead to more forms of illnesses. Yes, so um, it has been shown, research has shown that in mental illness themselves can lead to the development of other physical illnesses, especially the chronic ones like diabetes, hypertension, um, and other respiratory problems. So we need to be able to, we need to attend to mental illness and look at it as a preventative um, cause um, uh, or pre- method. Otherwise, we're going to end up with uh, more physical conditions. Um, so that, 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 that's a problem with the cost of the physical cost or the health cost of not treating mental illness. Mm-hmm. The other problem not treating mental illness is an economic one because you become in a way, in a way disabled or dysfunctional. You can't go to, you can't find work. Uh, you know, people discriminate against you in terms of when you look for work. When you're at work, mm-hmm. because of poor concentration and memory, you cannot perform. So this can lead you to not finding work or not maintaining work. And I think there's a lot of people mm. who have mental illness, some of them they've been through college, some of them are professionals. Sure. And if they're not working, that their, their contribution to the economic, uh, the economy of the country is also lost. Yeah. Uh, if anybody is looking to take that first step, Dr. Marokhanya, as we wrap this conversation, what should I do? Who do I call? Yeah, I think, I think that the, the first thing is to just Try to acknowledge that you are not well, and hopefully be able to to speak to your family member. I think family members are very important in terms of allowing people to say, "I'm not well. I need I need to get help," and then give them the the resources in order to go see either a GP, to see a social worker, to see a psychologist, and then get maybe managed. And the cost may not be nothing is going to be a lifelong thing. It may just be um, a temporary intervention in order for somebody sure. to get well. So we need to go to the local level, the GPs, the psychologists, and the, and the social workers to get help. Right. Dr. Kahusoma Aruhanya, thank you so much for your time. A board member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists speaking to us about mental health in South Africa and the strain that our mental health professionals are under. And uh, on the back of this is a conversation we had earlier. Have you been to therapy? Have you had to see a mental health professional? How did it go? Is it something you would actually recommend to someone? Send us your comments on our WhatsApp line.